0: We are back once again for another great edition of the Inside EMS podcast. I am your host, Chris Sabalero, walking with you on this journey of your personal and professional development. I don't know what that means, but the man of the hour is with me. You know, I say that all the time, Kelly, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. That comes, from
1: a, got the power.
0: You know, that comes from a 1980s rap song, The Adventure of Super Rhymes, because I'm the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. And back then, you know, when we were talking about rap, um, it really, you know, the big song was Rapper's Delight, which was 1979, 1980 Ventures yeah. of Super Rhymes is another 17 minute rap song that started, which really got into what rap looked like later in the eighties and the, in the early nineties. Um, I don't know why I'm on this kick, but screw it. Kelly Grayson, welcome to the show.
1: I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. And, you know, we, Chris, we both reset age where we have to explain our pop culture references to the current generation. Um. I, I I frequently say in lectures now, it's like, I'll say something and half the room will laugh and the other half looks befuddled and I'll say, old folks, explain it to the young folks. That's you know, right. kids, ask your parents, uh, ask your parents who Johnny and Roy were, <laughs> that sort of thing. So.
0: No, but I think we do have to re- remember to think those things and qualify the things that we say sometimes yeah. because, you know, we are talking about references. I made the comment the other day To someone they had this just this weird hat on and i said to them um does that come with a free bowl of soup (laughs) and unless you've watched the movie caddyshack (laughs) which came out in 1980 you're Mm -hmm. not going to know that that was a line that we used all the time from caddyshack it seemed that you know the older the the gen x um generation spoken movie quotes you and i could probably have a whole conversation yes we can speaking in movie quotes right but anyway let's not my girlfriend
1: through movie quotes yeah uh, saying you lost that love and feeling uh in in a hotel bar and the entire it's a big sausage fest nothing but guys in there um and the entire bar joined in and that's how i got nancy to go out with me for the first time
0: but did you do uh, that
1: yes i did that crazy Norm Rooker Ray Barashansky, Jason Dush um Dan Glick uh Rom Duckworth uh, a bunch of us were in a hotel bar at the, the murderer's
0: row of EMS right there yeah
1: and and there were two females in the bar Nancy McGee and Allison uh,
0: uh Bloom.
1: Bloom yeah Allison Bloom and uh I'm sitting next to Nancy and I finally learned her first name so I can actually address her uh, formally and we're trading top gun quotes and we're going back and forth with top gun quotes and I finally turned to her and I said y'all remember this one and I started singing you've lost that loving feeling and the entire hotel bar joined in and it was it was epic uh, and uh, when it ended I said will you go to dinner with me and she said yes and she's been regretting that ever since so. <laughs>
0: Well, I, me too, man. I mean, I, I said, do you want to do a podcast with me? And I mean, Jesus, it just never gets, it never gets any better, but anyway. All right. So what are we talking about today, Kelly? We're going to let you set it up
1: Uh we're, we're And I'm picking on you, uh, not picking on you, but because I hear these words from you very often. Um, but uh, in past podcasts, you've shown us what that looked like. I don't, it's where the rubber meets the road can you manage by buzz? Can you lead by buzzwords? Um, and everyone says, you know, we need better employee engagement. We need empowerment. Um, uh, you need emotional intelligence to be an effective leader, but no one with the exception of you, uh, and and a few others actually shows what that looks like. And then this is something that Nancy and I were discussing the other day, um, where, she was she was doing employee surveys for a a consulting client and uh so what do you want out of uh what do you want from your employer um what what's missing in in your uh uh in your employment and they would say you know like uh um gratitude thanks uh um promotions this that, that and she said but okay but what does that look like to you what is being grateful look like to you and the answers were, were pretty damn informative, and I was reminded, you know, of a few weeks back where where you talked about uh um, the meal plan for your for your employees when they're really getting slammed, and you would you would set up uh, um, discounted meals of the day and would go out and fetch them and bring them to them if they're standing by somewhere and that sort of thing, and that to me that struck me as as a perfect example, a concrete example of servant leadership. And what it's supposed to look like put into a, into application. So, do you find that some of your colleagues who purport to be leaders in EMS uh, tend to manage by buzzword, but don't know what those buzzwords actually mean and and w- how to put it into effect?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know that I could, you know, put my finger on other. Okay, leaders. well,
1: well, not your colleagues, but many leaders in EMS because. We we tend to surround ourselves by people we we know, like and respect, who probably practice the same way or similar to you do. But um, there's there's a disconnect in EMS. Uh, and I think may- there,
0: but I think that there is right. So I I have to be able, you know. I, I believe, you know, I don't know where to even start with this, but you know, I, I was a horrible leader in the beginning. I'm a horrible leader. I mean, I swore, I pointed my finger, I yelled. Um, I really was trying to develop my own reputation um, and doing it on the backs of the workforce until somebody grabbed me one day and said, this is not how we treat people. And I I didn't, didn't get it right. So in my career, I've written a couple of books myself. And the first book that I wrote was uh, ultimate leadership, 10 rules for success. Those were the rules that I had to develop to be a perfect Uh, to be the best leader possible. Rule number one, never allow your emotions to dictate your actions. How do you think I learned that one? And I've said that on the show many Uh, times.
1: Your emotions dictate your actions, yeah.
0: But rule number three is there are no problems, just solutions. So when we look at the leadership that we have in EMS today, where is the fault? And I think the fault is how we've set leadership up. We lead with authority. We lead with ego. We lead with positional titles. We don't lead with, service we don't lead with care the true measurement of leadership success is how engaged satisfied and productive the workforce is nothing else matters because if the workforce is engaged you're going to have good customer service if the workforce is satisfied they're going to come to work when they're on the schedule and and they're going to do the work that they need to do Um, and the challenge is where did these leaders get their training to lead good, uh, to lead well in EMS. And I think that we are a product of, um, our environment. You know, when I said, you know, I, I was a, a paramedic who was on the truck who knew what it was like not to have the equipment to do my job and not to have my ideas listened to and have a partner that I wanted to stab in the eye with a pencil. And, um, and I said that when I became a Seven leader in
1: the eye with a pen, because that's permanent.
0: Yeah. But, um, but I said, when I become a leader, I'm going to be better. Well, I might've been a little worse because I got sucked up into the ego vortex as well until you realize that this isn't about you. So can I point a finger Kelly and say that this is an individual problem? I don't want to do that, but I do want to say that this is a systemic problem that comes from the fact that we have no formal leadership training in EMS And we don't know the value of the art and science of leadership. And I say all the time that leadership is both an art and a science. You've got to know and understand the science before you can paint the portrait of organizational success. And once we realize that the workforce is there um, to define our success, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that they're going to be engaged, satisfied, and productive.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that, that's the, the Peter principle in effect. You know, you rise to your own level of incompetence. People get promoted to the point that they can no longer do the job and then they stay there. And unfortunately, if the, the ultimate result of the Peter principle is, is that upper tiers of management are, are populated with incompetent people. But I think the problem is, is when they get to that area where they cannot rise above because they're not doing the job they have well enough, no one has given them the tools to do this new set of tasks. No one has given them the tools to do this new this new task. And and, um, but you've heard me say on this podcast many a time. You know, there's a difference between managers and leaders, and that managers bludgeon their employees into submission with the pro, with the policy and procedure manual, and leaders do the right thing and then find a official way to justify it. But When you ask any line employee or any ambulance crew member at any agency in the world uh, and and define leader and manager for them in the terms that i just described, they can pick a list of their managers and they can pick a much smaller list of their leaders, okay? So if I ask an employee, um, what kind of things does a manager do that, that makes them a manager, what would you say? What does that look like to you? Yeah, you're, ask, you you're asking
0: questions happening? that really have to come with large answers, and I don't know really how to condense them. But, but
1: you're, you're a leader. You're, you're equal to the task.
0: One of the things, though, that I think is interesting is I've been on this kick lately. And, you know, I do a lot of work outside of EMS, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the things that I've been on the kick lately is we're talking all about the importance of leadership. And you're asking the question about leaders versus managers. One of the things that we're forgetting is that we do need to teach people how to be good managers as well yeah right? so here's the here's the bottom line when it comes to uh leadership versus management. You lead people, you manage things, yeah. So when you start to think about that from the standpoint, you do have to do work. You do have to deal with the schedule. You do have to deal with the trucks getting in for PM. You do have to be able to make sure that you're getting your, your, you know, supplies in on a regular time. You do have to make sure that the ambulances are stocked or ready to go. Um, Those are management issues that we need, not issues, but management roles that we have to be able to do. But we can call ourselves a leader uh, of people unless we're influencing the people to be successful in the work they do. So I don't know if that answers your question.
1: Well, well, let me, let me rephrase it. Cause, cause you're, you're, you're doing the buzzword thing, but, um, uh, hypothetical situation, one of your subordinates, uh one of your people i don't want to call them subordinates because that's the wrong the 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 wrong co-workers
0: how about co-workers
1: that's right one of your co-workers uh who is lower on the organizational ladder than you are (laughs) anyway um has deviated from protocol not willfully but he deviated from protocol and there was a clinical error resulted and patient harm was done how does a manager in the pejorative sense of the term, how does a manager approach that situation, and then tell me how a leader approaches that situation?
0: Well, I think, from a manager standpoint, you're angry. Um, I think you fire them. Um, I think mm-hmm. that you, you know, sus- you know, you go through the progressive discipline process. Yeah. And I've I've been on this kick for a lot of years to get rid of progressive discipline and change them with change it with a coaching uh, mentality. Uh, from a leadership standpoint. Uh, name the first thing you ever did the first time that you did well. And in my career, I've made clinical mistakes that have caused challenges uh, in that call. And I had to be able to say that this was my mistake and uh, I made it. And I was met with manager mentality, but from a, from a leader standpoint, you you know, you mentioned, I want to sit, this is something that needs to be investigated from the whole beginning. Now I'm a leader who believes that if there's a problem that come up, I got a call from a patient or in your scenario, I made a wrong decision. I look at the whole call from start to finish as well, because if this part of the call was bad, this part of the call could have been bad. So I listen to the 911 call. I listened, see how the the truck routed to the call, how long time on task and all those things. So I want to be able to say, I looked at it from start to finish. Then I want to be able to go through the coaching process to say, tell me what happened. Why did you make these decisions? What did you think was going on? Did you consider differential diagnosis? And then you finally get to the point of saying, how do you deal with this call again in the future? You have the same exact call tomorrow. Yeah. What do you do different, right? And then you document that as a coaching and you um, have them sign it. And it's not progressive discipline. It's This is the conversation we had. This is what we came of this. This is how you're going to fix it. And this is the time frame you're going to do it in. Now, three weeks later, we're having to talk about the same coaching session. It may be time to end our professional relationship.
1: Yeah. But I didn't
0: fire you. It'd
1: be time to manage. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It and yeah. maybe, yeah, I didn't fire you. You fired yourself because you promised me you were going to do this. You just didn't do it. Right. And I think that what we forget as leaders, Kelly, is that how do we want to be dealt with? Right. Yeah. You, I'm sure oh, in your 30 years, 35 years, 60 years yeah. of EMS, however freaking old you are, uh, you've made multiple mistakes, not on purpose. You just, you know, I remember yeah. one time I grabbed the wrong medication. I was giving somebody atropine and I grabbed the lidocaine box and I wasn't paying attention and I opened the box and I was getting ready and my partner grabbed my hand and said, what are you giving And I was like, get off me, you know? I'm like, give an atropine. He goes, check your box. And I looked over at the box and it was lidocaine. But holy crap, I was minutes away from giving, or seconds away from giving this 90-pound woman 100
1: milligrams of lidocaine,
0: which probably would have killed her. I
1: had a a very similar one. Um, I pulled out what I thought was a vial of Zofran, uh, green label, two milliliter vial um and was preparing to draw it up I'd broken the seal on it and my partner who was an EMT and thank god for my for partner that, was an
0: EMT as well
1: yeah who said whoa check that you know and we're you know we're back to the 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 six rights of drug administration and medication cross check they teach from the first part of pharmacology in EMT school but and I had picked up dopamine Oh, now so. imagine if I'm going to inject IV push 400 milligrams of dopamine in my patient, I would have killed them. Yeah. I would have killed them. But the difference in, in, in management and leadership style and that sort of thing, and it, it's it's part and parcel of our just culture at that agency yeah. is a manager would go dumbass. Well, you know, don't you know, to check, they teach that in, in EMT school. Uh, good thing you had a partner to bail your, your stupid butt out. That's a manager. Uh, a leader goes, "Well, thank God the the system worked, but let's see if we can make the system work better." I yeah. think we need to relay out our drug boxes so that dop- uh, dopamine and and Zofran are not next to each other in the drug pouches, right. and and right. that's how that situation was handled in the future. Um, trying to make sure that the problem didn't occur again and that someone else didn't fall victim to that. Yeah. So
0: you know, I think that really what what it comes down to is. Um... I mean, I, and I, I could go off on so many freaking tangents when it comes to, um, you know, being a good leader. But one of the things that I believe is this, and I think that it has to be able to come down to your belief. Again, I was a paramedic who sat in the truck and knew what it was like not to have the equipment, not to have my ideas listened to and so on and so forth. How do you make your, and I, I thought of it this way, how do I make my um, time in the truck easier and that's what you're doing for your workforce right you know you talked about the meals thing I didn't deliver the meals anywhere they just decided to call the restaurant can I get the meal of the day this is Chris over it blah 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 uh, and get a $7 meal of protein you know something and something um, but you know when people aren't eating and they have to eat fast food and, and they're worried about their weight and blah 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 What do you do as a leader? Well, it's the same thing with the concept of clinical challenges, right, Kelly? So what's the number one call that gives a paramedic and EMT the most trepidation? What's the answer?
1: Pediatric.
0: Okay, now if we know that, the first thing that I say to the EMT and paramedic is, what are you doing to make that a strength? But number two is, if I'm not doing anything as a leader, I'm culpable when a, because if I know that, I'm culpable when a mother hands you a three-month-old that's in cardiac arrest, and you don't feel comfortable with that arrest, right? So I can't blame the employee anymore. Every single person in EMS will tell you that the pediatric call gives the provider the most trepidation. If you know that as a leader, well, first off, if you know that as a clinician, what are you doing to make it a strength? It's your responsibility to strengthen your weaknesses. But number two is, as a leader, what am I doing to help them develop that as a strength? And that's what leadership is all about.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good thoughts, man. Good thoughts. We'd like to hear our, our listeners and viewers thoughts. So what's the difference between a manager and a leader to you? What qualities and what concrete actions exemplify servant leadership, the kind of guy you would run through a wall for if they asked you to, because you know, they're looking out for your best interest in addition to the patient. Would you we run like through to...
0: a wall with me? Would you run through a wall for me, Kelly?
1: No. Well, you know, I'd, I'd run through that big sheet of butcher paper at the football. Okay.
0: That's just check it. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Uh, But uh, what does that look like to you? Because we'd like to hear those thoughts at the show at EMS1.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Civilero, check us out on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.